0: Welcome back to the Hoops Temple podcast presented by BetUS and the Hoops Social Network. Joining me today, Dylan Williamson. Howdy, howdy. And Nico Lawson. Good evening, guys. Gentlemen, we've been recording for what seems like hours. Our conversation has bounced around a lot. We hope that you enjoy this. Check it out. Check out some of the writings we've been doing at hoops-social.com, and don't forget to bet at hoops-social/bet, where Bet US is now our partner. We hope you enjoy the show. Like missed osteoporosis. <laughs> uh, ost, uh, öst
1: also means cheese in Danish. Ooh. It's mm. bone cheese. Cheese <laughs> doctor.
2: He's yeah. going to fix your back with the power of cheese.
0: Yeah. You show up and you're like, yeah, so my spine's a lot off. And he's like, wrong, wrong place. But we have some Gruyere. <laughs> no, this,
2: this isn't the osteopath. This is the osteopath. Yeah, you got, the, you got the cheese maker, not the bone doctor. <laughs> <gasps> Seven's like twice a week.
1: Right. It's, it's actually an old um, basketball injury. So at least I can oh. say that I have a basketball-related injury. Yeah. So, sounds kind of cool when I say it.
2: Yeah, and because you've got a basketball-related injury, you can then claim that you would have made the league if it wasn't for your back injury. Yeah, exactly. You, you would have been the first Danish player that you're, you, know, you had that back
1: injury. If it wasn't for someone tackling me midair uh, when doing a layup, I would probably have gone to the NBA. So. Say, say dunk. Tackling yeah, you mid-air yeah, yeah. while doing a dunk. Yeah, my first dunk was actually... Yeah, you came down, broke this dude's ankles,
2: and then splashed a three in his face. And then then he was mad at you. So then when you tried to dunk on him, then he just hard fouled you um, and, and ended your, your professional career.
0: Yep. He went, he went all bad boys, you know, pistons, no blood, no yeah. foul.
1: yeah. I actually played the rest of the game, so, so that's nice. that's
0: a true superstar move. You know, you can't let your team down. Right.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, the basketball scene in Denmark's really hardcore. Like, there's there's no there's no fouls. Um, they play on on concrete covered in glass. Yeah, barefoot,
1: <laughs> bare <bad feet. laughs> Yeah,
2: there's 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 no subs. If you get hurt, you have to keep playing,
1: or um, or or your teammates jump you. That was actually kind of true, but uh, <laughs> but that was only our team because we sucked so much, so we, we couldn't always uh, get more than five players together. <laughs> oh my gosh there's there actually one game where we only had like six players uh, uh joining us uh, and like one of them got injured and one got fouled out, so we played four and five that's a that's a bad game. <laughs>
0: I, I get it. I, I was in uh, high school, you know, small school. We had um, 15 players on the varsity and JV combined. Um, we had five guys that would play both. So they'd like start JV games and then come off the bench for varsity. Uh, well, when we got into, you know, state tournaments, you had to play for one or the other. And all of them played up. And so there was only six of us on JV. And one of the guys was Seventh Day Adventist, so he wouldn't play after Friday at a certain point uh, because of the Sabbath, and then he wouldn't play until Sunday sundown. So we had a three-game Friday-Saturday tournament with just five of us, and I tore a muscle in my right leg, and this is my... (laughs) I would have made the league if I hadn't, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I I put a triple-double, you know, 15 years old, playing that junior varsity basketball, but... Yeah,
2: I would have made the league if not for that junior varsity injury.
0: Yeah, you know the homeschool circuit was really blowing up.
2: <laughs> I was trending in the right direction. I was starting on the JV team. Yeah, I was destined for superstardom.
0: Yeah. Don't was sure I would have made the league if not for this injury story.
2: Um, I would have made the league if I wasn't short and incredibly unathletic.
0: Listen, that's true of all of us. But come on, <laughs> <laughs> I
2: don't know because I don't play basketball. Pla- growing up i played rugby which is which is even worse to be incredibly short skinny and unathletic yeah (laughs) my my one flex is that i got um most improved player um on the under 11s rugby team in back-to-back years Ooh, that's a rare one yep i can't imagine anyone's ever done that so um what in the new zealand rugby like system you play by age group Um, But if you're, like, small compared to other kids your age, by, like, height and weight and whatever, and you're not too good, then you can play down a year. And so I played um, under-11s and then the following season played down a year and played under-11s again. Um, So I was most improved player in back-to-back years.
0: So as a 12-year-old, you were the most improved (laughs) 11-year-old.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Kind of feels like, uh, you know, just basic human growth uh would have helped with that.
1: Yeah. You you would think so? It was actually all all skills based. Nice. Nice. Now I'm kind of wondering mm-hmm. if any NBA player in in history have won
0: uh most improved. Yeah. Mm. At least just like two times in their career. I don't believe so. I think Giannis was the closest on that. Mm. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But they didn't want to give him MVP defensive player of the year and most improved. That would have been cool though. Yeah. So you, you could basically say that I'm a better sportsman than Giannis as he never won back-to-back most improved, but I did. Pretty much.
0: Well, you know who's the most improved this year?
1: Um, I don't think the award has been given out yet. True, but you know who's going to be the most improved? <laughs> <laughs> um, the
2: tone with which you said that makes makes me think there's, there's a joke coming up here.
0: Kind of. The Eastern <laughs> Conference. Ah, Yeah. So, coming into the MLK Day slate of games, the East actually has a winning record against the the West. Uh, 122 games to 118 games. The West may have the top four seeds right now. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't say may have. The West does have the top four seeds. But the East then has 11 of the next 13 teams. Currently... The East's eleventh seed, so missing the play-in would be the seventh seed in the West. That's crazy. Mm. Now, there is some fluky stuff going on. You know, a couple of you know good teams play bad teams. So, and it's uh, you know three games over five hundred. But what say you? Who do you guys think is the better conference this year?
1: Um, I think the West is more top-heavy, and I think there are some teams that have been hit hard by injuries, such as uh, Denver Nuggets but but I kind of feel like and the Clippers the Clippers too but like the in conference has more good teams right now I think than the US conference like legit they have four teams that could go to the finals which four <laughs> mm-hmm. the Bulls the it's the heat and the Bucks uh, as I said it I was like uh the Bulls... <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) we can't keep like underestimating the Bulls (laughs) (laughs) not quite there yet (laughs) guys they're a play-in team and and then they're the one seed
0: I mean they are they're six and a half games above being out of the play-in like on the bottom side there's so much grouping and bunching in the east like it's kind of wild like 11, 11 teams plus 500 yeah that's crazy like the the difference between the four seed and the five seed in the West is the same dif- difference between the one and the nine. Yeah, in the East, right? And Chicago's slipping, Dylan. You were put, pointed out in the pregame, you remember prepod, did some uh, some disturbing numbers. You want to get into those?
2: So yeah, even though they're the one seed, they've actually um, been struggling a little bit of late. Um, lost the last three. One of those was without derozan and levine but the previous ones they had derozan levine and ball and and vucevic lost two two embarrassing games against the nets and the warriors where they got totally destroyed got handled pretty easily by by the mavs before that with just detroit in between six and four in their last 10 as i said they've lost three in a row they're actually the luckiest team in the league by wins above expected wins so they're you know They're number one in the in the East, but they're actually 11th in the league in net rating. So by a point differential, they're a pretty average sort of team. What's probably most concerning is that the reason that they were so overperforming what we all expected of them early on is that much to make everything that I predicted totally and incredibly wrong, they actually had a really good defense. Um, that's down to 15th now, actually down to 17th. So they're, they're down now to a below average defense. Right. Over the last few games, or so like oh, overall for the for the entire season, they're oh. down to seventeenth. Right. Um. And yeah. the in the in the last two in the last two weeks, they're um one of the three worst defensive teams in the league, giving up over one hundred and twenty-one points per one hundred. Oh wow. Yeah. Some of that's bad luck with schedule. You know, having to face Brooklyn, having to face Golden State. Um. But you know, there's also a Detroit in there, and there's the Mavs who haven't been lighting it up too much, and you know a few other mediocre teams. But the defenses. Which was fantastic to start the season. You know, they were a a team that was top five in offense and defense. You know, a couple weeks in, the offense is still strong, but now below average defensively and and trending, trending worse.
0: Yeah, pulling up the synergy numbers, the more they're playing Kobe White, kind of the worse it's gotten. Like he is a poor defender. He's giving up one point oh nine points per possession. Uh, Being without some of their best defenders like Caruso who's giving up literally 0.79 points per possession. So like, yeah, top 70th percentile. Uh, he, Javante Green, very similar numbers. Um, Patrick Williams has been out. Even Derek Jones, Jr., who who's got poor synergy numbers. Uh, but like those arms, that wingspan, that athleticism can be really helpful in a lot of different defensive scenarios. It's really contributed to Chicago kind of falling off the map.
2: Yeah, and that's how they were. That's how the defense was working. It was a bunch of long, athletic guys that could take up space, just be difficult to to score around, or over, or through. And, and you, yeah, like you, like you noted in our our pre production meeting, guys, <laughs> <God. laughs> shut the fuck up, Nico. What are you talking
0: about? So uh, we have pre production meetings.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. it sounded so formal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> missing guys like Green and Caruso and derrick Jones really takes away some of that defensive identity and the way that they were succeeding. Um, and having to put in guys like Kobe White, having the the weaknesses of Derozan and Bucevic and Levine more exposed, it's been hurting.
1: I think it will be interesting to see how well Derozan and, and Bucevic can hold this down. Like, maybe we'll actually see that the lack of depth can't can be like the um achilles heel to this chicago bulls team
2: yeah it's not just like a lack of depth but it's like how important those depth pieces are to their to their success like yeah. if javante green and derrick jones jr getting hurt are the reason that your you know your 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 team plummets in in quality yeah that's that's not a good sign and some of those some of those guys like when you come to the playoffs and Teams are scouting, and Derek Jones Jr. can't shoot, and Javante Green is not going to make shots in the playoffs. Um, right. Can you even play those guys? And then if you can't, then you're relying on Vucevic, who is is himself liable to be played off the floor. Yeah, you're relying on DeRozan, who's a notorious playoff underperformer. Right. And and maybe you see teams really start to attack the likes of Vucevic and DeRozan, um, which we haven't really seen to to you know so far as whenever i've watched the Bulls, like they're they're not picking on de rosen who's you know in, in a one-on-one situation or defending pick and roll is like one of the worst defenders in the league
0: yeah normally i would 100 percent agree with you but the numbers on him actually this year have been really good and de rosen oh. has spoken really highly of right. his time in san antonio and how that's helped him as a defender
1: but couldn't that also just be derek jones jr um uh Ayo dosumu, Javante Green, like kind of making his life easier. It's like they're, they're the main wing defenders and he can just relax a bit more. Yeah, I think one of like the
2: interesting phenomenon that we're seeing is, you know, really good individual offensive players. So like DeRozan and like Jokic being so good offensively that they can actually improve the team's defense despite being bad defenders. And the way that they can do that is that those guys are just so good at creating offense on their own that you can play less offensively capable players and more defenders. Yeah. You know, you can have Javante Green and Alex Caruso and Derek Jones Jr. and Ayo Desumu, um on the floor because DeRozan is such a good offensive player that your offense isn't really going to stagnate. Like, there's there's very few ways that you can stop DeRozan from, from scoring. Um, and same thing with Nikola Jokic, where they're able to put out you know, Aaron Gordon and, you know, playing Jeff Green and another big man on the floor at the same time and some more of these defensive type players because Jokic is so good offensively that you don't need as many offensively talented players to get to passable offense.
0: So I recently got a Synergy account, uh, Synergy Sports, and it's amazing the level of tracking they can break it down Mm to. Uh, And I'm like trying to dig in more and trying to figure out why, why DeRozan is showing up such a positive defender. And like he is, he is great at defending spot up shooters. He's been great at pick and roll ball handlers. Um, but if you scroll down, they have this wonderful little section uh, for catch and shoot guys, and you can see what a guy normally shoots when he's being guarded, and when he like what he normally shoots when he's being guarded by DeRozan. Uh, and do you want to guess the guys that he defends? So whoever mm. he's matched up against, their average field goal percentage when left unguarded so when they are wide open. You
2: field, uh, field goal not not three point not effective field goal just straight field goal.
0: Uh let's, let's go with effective or adjusted um, field goal.
2: Um like below 50%?
0: Yep, 48%. So he's getting yeah. put on kind of the scrubs. Yeah. Uh, and he's taking them down, you know, to 42%, but it's it's pretty clear that they're trying to hide him.
2: Yeah, so the players that he's defending when they are wide open miss more often than, than they make a point. Yeah. And when you, when you factor in threes, that means he's also not guarding good shooters because to get to a you know, 50% e-field goal percentage off of three-pointers, you only need to make like one in three. So he's guarding shooters that are, are worse than 33% shooters. Yeah.
0: So I don't know. We're, we've been really high on the Memphis Grizzlies this year. And statistically in in the standings, they are right next neck and neck. Grizzlies actually have a better win percentage, even though they are fourth in the West to Chicago. Who'd you guys say is better at this exact moment?
2: I don't know if there's anyone better at this exact moment than Memphis.
0: They were number one in my week's power rankings, but yeah. I guess projecting forward this year. Who do you guys who do you guys like to have a better season when it's all said and done? It's a really difficult difficult. question
1: because right now Memphis is so hot and and I kind of just want to go with them. But like, Bulls have been really good at the start of the season and now they're missing all these pieces, which makes them look worse. But I mean, it depends on how long they are going to be missing Zach Levine and, and some of the other guys, but especially Zach Levine. Because if they are missing one of their biggest threats on offense, I think teams are going to have an easier time to guard DeMar DeRozan. And if that's the case, I think Memphis is going to finish stronger than than the Chicago Bulls.
2: Yeah, and I guess it kind of depends how you're defining success too, right? So like regular season wins, maybe Memphis do get up there. Um, But Memphis is sort of a team that you probably don't expect to see, you know, definitely not make it out of the second round if if they even make it to the second round um while well, Chicago is probably a team that's going to be you know fighting for for a conference finals appearance or a conference semifinals appearance so yeah I guess it depends on, on how you define that success like we'd probably expect the Bulls to go further in the playoffs than the Grizzlies but in saying that I wonder if that's underrating the Grizzlies again to say that they're not a team that's going to be in the second round or in the you know in the conference finals given their performance lately
0: also might be underrating their opponents chicago is going to have to be one of miami brooklyn or milwaukee yeah. and memphis is going to have to be one of utah golden state or phoenix to get to that second round i'm not sure either of them can do that no you you're talking about the sorry to get past the second round
2: yeah to get past the second round i'm saying like do we actually expect you know, with with what degree of certainty that Memphis will even be a second round team? Like how much would we favor them over Dallas or over over Denver?
1: Yeah, and that's the thing that's bugging me. Like I I don't see them as a favourite in in many of these series.
2: And it depends if if Jamaranch is gonna like jump up and block the ball while it's fourteen feet in the air every time. Right. You know, that's that's pretty hard to win against.
1: I wonder I kinda wonder if, if that no not that as if memphis is going to be active at the trade deadline i mean they they could i think they could use caris LeVert or, or maybe jeremy grant like they could really use a good wing playmaker.
2: Mm. they've got like a lot of depth and don't really have any holes they're like that sort of team where it's like well what do we need not really anything um right so you know maybe they can consolidate some of those pieces into a higher end player like jeremy grant
0: I've been so curious about Jeremy Grant this year because, like, he left Denver because he wanted a bigger role. And now he fits every team's need if he's willing to accept a smaller role. Like, he is just the perfect let me be this wing that can do a little bit of shot creation, but really I can catch and shoot and I can play defense. And if he'd go back and accept that role, the Pistons could find themselves in a bidding war and... Memphis has a lot to offer. Memphis owns quite a few draft picks. Let me see here. They have, uh, they've got the Clippers, or sorry, they've got the Lakers pick if it falls in the 1 through 30 range, or sorry, 11 through 30. They've got Utah's pick. Which is not a guarantee at this point. It's not. It is not. (laughs) Um, Utah's pick. But they've got, yes, they got Utah's pick and they've got Golden State's pick. So uh, on top of their own, which I mean, that's four first-round picks. There's no way the Grizzlies plan to keep and bring in four rookies to next season. I mean, maybe Max will bring in two, and you, know, you can start packaging those to move up. But none of these are going to be great picks. But, like, hey, if you offer two or three of those with, like, almost nothing else, just matching salaries, you could get a Jeremy Grant. You could get something actually pretty decent.
2: Well, you know the, the other move that they could make is to get grant is maybe if detroit throws in a couple of their own firsts um is jeremy grant for john concha um as long as detroit is willing to throw in a couple unprotected first round picks as well
0: i mean the the pistons do need some something in the guard herd lineup, so maybe they can uh, they can also try to get tyus jones or just i mean even the anthony milton could be quite interesting they're not
1: using him that much, but but like he's he's got a lot of upside.
0: I don't know. I just I think we all thought that this season would be a rebuilding year for Memphis, and they moved yeah, off and they're the fucking four seed. And not just like the four seed, but like the fourth best team in the, the league. Like that—that that needs to be restated and reiterated. Because I for like remember last year when people kept comparing like Embiid being the number one team in Philly to Jokic for the MVP debate, and they're like, ah, Jokic is the sixth seed. Ah, uh, Embiid is the number one, and I'm like, yeah, but their record is like a game, uh, game difference. It's just the one yeah. conference is much better.
2: Yeah, and and Memphis are a five games ahead of Dallas, who are who are fifth. It's like they're solidly a four seed. Yeah, like there's a there's a massive drop between them.
0: But first, a quick ad.
2: This podcast is brought to you by Bit BetUS is the official sportsbook partner of Hoops Social and the Hoops Temple podcast. US bettors in all states are welcome and payouts are fast and easy. Wow. To sign up today, visit hoops-social.com forward slash bet and take advantage of their 125% sign up bonus. Oh, wow. Put down 100 bucks, bam, 125 bucks to bet the heat for Eastern Conference
1: champions. An investment as solid as investing in Cam Reddish. Ooh. Now,
2: terms and conditions do apply. Please be responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Again, that's hoops-social.com forward slash bet to get a 125% sign-up bonus. BetUS, the official sportsbook partner of Hoops Social and the Hoops Temple podcast.
0: I wish terms and conditions applied to that Westbrook trade. <laughs> well elsewhere in the league we've got Kevin Durant injured about to miss four to six weeks is this just a stealth tank job for the for the Nets try and drop down and get the uh get the fourth or the fifth seeds that way when they're playing these tough game sevens it's on the road and they get Kyrie
2: it's actually kind of interesting that that could happen I mean they're they're only two games out of fifth with them being back the sixes have been surging as of late so I mean I'm sure it's not intentional but that could be you know sort of an unintentional result of Durant missing this time or this could be the opportunity for James Harden to finally find some real form Um, you know we we all left him off of our all-star ballot after years of him being MVP or MVP you know runner-up he wasn't even on any of our all-star teams and so if he can really find some form...
0: Wait, I, th- I think he was a starter for us.
2: Was he? Yeah. yeah, I
0: think so, yeah. We went with some Rosen and Harden. Really? We didn't start Trey Young? I think I think we counted the record. Maybe we did start Trey Young. He definitely made it, though. There's no way we left Harden off there <laughs> and had this great debate of would we rather have Kyle Lowry or Darius Garland. If we did, we'd, we should get fired. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Cut, like cut that he's,
1: whole he's, thing. He's, all, he's only averaging twenty-three points per game, eight rebounds, and ten assists. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very disappointing season. Yeah.
2: All right, cut that whole thing, and I'll start my James Harden monologue again.
0: <laughs> no, it's staying in.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just prove that I don't even
1: remember what we talked about one week ago. He's the oh. league leader assists. I think he should be in the All-Star game. Hell. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, the Nets yeah, will have Kyrie for a lot of this next stretch. I can't
2: believe that I didn't um, remember that after we you know, planned out all of our All-Stars in our pre-production meeting.
0: <laughs> it was when we go, so... Oh, uh, well, so Kyrie, he'll be with the Nets in a lot of their next games because they have a couple of crazy road, road stretches. Um, let's see, in their next 15 games, only four are at home. So if Durant's going to go down and miss some time... This is probably the best point in the season for it to happen, even though no one wants it to happen. But I mean, Brooklyn caught a break here with it happening at this point. We also had a trade in this past week, and one that actually got certified and didn't get uh, bounced back. Sorry, Bull Bull. Uh, Nico, how are you feeling about Cam Reddish coming to the Knicks? My immediate reaction was, "What a great trade for uh, for the Knicks!" And I still
1: think it's a good move. Um kind of surprised. I mean, Reddish could be usable on a lot of NBA teams, I think. So so I'm kind of surprised that the price was not higher. Um, but like, I've been thinking about the trade f- from both perspectives, and I think it makes sense for both teams. The Knicks really need Cam Reddish, uh, in theory, like a um, just a great defender, possibly, hopefully. And, and like he could use coach tips a lot, um, so um, I, I think there's a great potential for Cam Reddish being a starter for next season. But at least it gives it gives the Knicks some time to like think about if Cam Reddish is a future player or not. for For the Atlanta Hawks, I think it makes a lot of sense to to shed some uh, uh, salary because they're now under the cap, and also now they don't have to think they don't have to think about. Whether or not they want to uh, match offers for um, Cam Regis, because he's like one, one year away from being a restricted free agent, I think. Uh, like, yeah, two seasons, I think.
0: I think it's the end of this year.
1: Is it? Yeah. So I mean, it makes perfectly sense for them to like shed, shed him, in, um, and uh, give them one less worry this off season, because they really need to figure some stuff out, because. This constellation that they are bringing out this season just doesn't work. There needs to be some changes in the answer. So trading away Cambridge really gives them a lot. Uh at least get it gives them lists to think about.
2: Leon Collington wrote a wrote a piece for Hoop Social um summarizing the trade and in it I think he sort of summarized the general perspective of of most NBA fans and analysts at first which was you know the Knicks got a steal you're getting a guy who who is a top 10 pick is 6'8 athletic shooting well from three this year like you said Nico has defensive potential um and and you know what they traded for him was is, is a very mediocre first round pick um I think it's Charlotte Hornets it's protected off the top of my head top 18 then top 16 then top 16 and then becomes two seconds um so you know this is not a high-end first round pick Nate, you'd probably know, be able to give us some insight into this. How how deep is this draft looking? If we're getting that you know deep. the twentieth overall pick, you know I've heard people say that this is not a, the kind of draft that's going to produce a lot of starters. Is that your view as well?
0: If you're going twentieth pick, you're just never going to get that many starters. Like g- here, give me a draft year at random, something the past you know ten years. Um,
2: what what, what was considered like a pretty deep draft? What about like twenty sixteen? All right,
0: so the Ben Simmons draft year? year.
2: Let's let's just do last year. Like, who who was the twentieth pick in this past draft?
0: I want to say it was the Hawks and Jalen Johnson. Let me okay. see here. Center <laughs> <So no> more. <laughs> yeah, it was Jalen Johnson. You also got Kai Jones. You got uh, Keon Johnson.
2: Yeah, maybe um, it's too early for that pick. Go 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 back a couple years.
0: That's yeah. All right, yeah. so looking at the twenty sixteen year, these guys are five yeah. years in um yep. and it was karis Levert. Who, yeah
2: Who, who's like 18 to 23 that yeah
0: so 18 to 23 we got henry ellison bust malik beasley yeah. you know solid scorer uh Levert, deandre Bembry, malachi richardson uh antit zizic uh timothy luau right so that's like more more
2: busts than like rotation players really
0: I mean, actually, I was like kind of surprised at the quality of that. You know, I think to get a Malik Beasley or a Karis Levert, uh, and that range would be a steal. But you yeah, know, like a a, yeah. a Bembry, yep. Temothay Ilabau, Kabirou is yeah you know, pretty common here. Like yeah, seventh man. And so yeah, that that the reason that I
2: ask is I'm wondering what are the the chances that you actually get someone better than British. Um, you know Reddish has this massive upside that I just discussed, but here's some here's some downsides too. the the shooting has never been good except this year so if this year is an outlier and not indicative of, of future performance, supposed to be this good defender and has shown signs of that at times but you know isn't a consistently good defender it's more theoretical at this stage too. Um, and just overall like some of the the box score numbers are good, the, the field goal percentage, sucks and relies on that three-point shooting going in um, and overall the team is just way 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 worse when he's on the floor like 18 points per 100 positions or something in that range worse when he's on so he's just at this point like he's not a good NBA player and like the the potential still there a top 10 pick with you know that that body you know this is supposed to be you know the next Paul George with that with that size and the shooting and the defensive potential but he's not a good NBA player at this stage. And there's a chance that, you know, he may not improve and, and reach all that potential. Um, and so if you're getting a, maybe a starter level of player or even like a solid rotation level of player, um, I think there's a, a decent chance that Cam Reddish isn't that going forward. And he's one of those guys who, you know, the, the potential is more valuable than the production. And, the, and then the other thing is like, People are saying, you know, the, the Hawks got robbed. Well, I'm sure that the Hawks talked to lots of different teams and, you know, would have taken the best offer. So obviously teams around the league aren't falling all over themselves to, to get Cam Reddish if the best return was an incredibly mediocre first-round pick. And, you know, he's he's got the, the sort of the, the clutch issues of, you know, they, you know, clutch players can't accept being a... A contributor on a good team you know clutch players need to be need to be a star they need to be in a big market with the team built around them and so he's got he's got that as well and i wonder if you know maybe that combined with the fact that he hasn't really been a great a great player um and is already requesting a trade three years into his career um whether that was looked at by a lot of nba gms and they sort of came to the conclusion that you know that
1: this guy is not worth a lottery pick I mean, the, the thing you're buying with Cam uh, Radish is, is potential. Like, his his defense isn't really good, that good, um, but he's got potential. And his shooting is pretty okay, but, like, whenever he gets the ball, he he tries to create too much. And, and like, I, I've seen some, uh, like, not highlights, what do you call it when it's <laughs> video material of bad plays. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but like his, his, yeah. I mean, his playmaking is just really. Uh, most of the time, it ends up bad when he yeah. when he's trying to play make, and 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 that's something that needs to be polished away. Um, and I think Tips might be the right coach for him, so so that match could be pretty good. But he asked for a trade at the start of the season i think that was something that like like the hawks was was uh, talking to every team in the league at the start of the season about like who who would put out the big biggest package for him i think i mean i don't see anyone really paying that much more for him as like he he can't really help a contender so there's, there's there needs to be some long term uh, investment for him like, like, I don't think the Knicks is going to start him this season. Uh, mm-hmm. def- definitely not. He, he might not play more than 15 minutes this season per game. Yeah. He, he does sort
2: of fit a need for them, though. Like, they just needed a, yeah. someone to just back up RJ. Um, right. And he can play that role to just give them, yeah. you know, a, a wing-sized guy. Um, one more thing just to keep picking on all of his weaknesses. He, for some reason, is like a terrible, terrible finisher. Like, he yeah. cannot, he cannot finish a layup. Um, He's one of the worst um, finishers at the rim of of any guy on the wing, 23rd percentile, 27th percentile, sorry, in rim field goal percentage. So this guy just cannot make a shot other than the three-pointer, which he's never made before. Um, And so, like I said, if that 37% is a little bit of luck and is not indicative of what he actually is, like combine that with the guy takes a lot of mid-ranges and doesn't make any of them. He can't finish at the rim. Is a, a poor playmaker, and you know doesn't doesn't you know maybe play with a lot of basketball intelligence at this point. Like he's he's just
0: not not a great NBA player at this stage. Nico hit the nail on the head when he said something about investment. You know, Reddish is about to be a free agent. Whoever's going to pay him is it, probably going to pay him a sizable amount based on that potential right now. And to, to kind of misquote uh, a Daryl Moreyism of you can't overpay for elite talent but the worst possible thing you can do is overpay for mediocre talent and that's yeah. that's really going to be the position that the Knicks are now in unless they move him again is do you want to pay Cam Reddish 15 to 18 million on the idea that he might be better than Norm Powell in the next few years yeah and like the Knicks have history
1: of doing that you know like Tim Hardaway uh, recently uh, but but at least trading for the now gives them an entire year to like assess uh, whether or not he's worth it yeah this could just be like a risk play as well of like
2: okay we, we've got half a year to look at this guy if he you know shows the work off the court Shows the work in the film room is working with the coaches, is showing some improvement and showing the possibility that he can really be a positive NBA player. Um, then we you know then we've won. we've given up a mediocre first round pick for a guy that could really be something. Um, and And if he doesn't show that, then we just let him go and, and restrict the free agency, and all we're down is, is a mediocre first round pick. So maybe there's there's that little bit of, of to in, employ my finance background of you know sort of cost benefit analysis of okay we don't have to give up that much and the the potential return is is quite substantial um and if we lose we're not losing that much
0: well speaking of the reward being quite substantial any of you guys buy that uh, this might be a play to set them up for a zion trade
1: yeah that was gonna be the like the last thing i wanted to mention in terms of uh, what the next is gaining from this I can't see this happening, but, but like there's a They're remote chance. Remote... Yeah, I mean there's a remote chance that that they are planning to like put together the uh, amazing trio of uh uh young Duke players, Archie Barrett, Cam yeah. Reddish and Cyan Williamson. Uh, but like, they weren't really that amazing in in Duke, were yeah. they? I yeah. mean, wasn't it just like Zion being incredible and, and like yeah. a- Archie sometimes being good and and Reggie just kind of complaining that he didn't get enough touches?
2: <laughs> yeah, I remember we we talked about talked about Zion coming in and being like, man, you know the Duke, you know they got these three great players, but they're really terrible fits around each other. Like <laughs> we need to get, we need to get Zion on a team with some shooting. And now to be like, yeah, we'll we'll just pair them all back up.
1: It was basically like the Nets, but like if they had three uh, times Kyrie.
2: <laughs> it would be like if you had like, like Giannis, and then Demar Derozan, and you know Russell Westbrook. It's like, right. yeah, we have got these three great players who are, are just terrible fits
0: together. Mm. I mean, guys, it was staring us right in the face. The Lakers with. LeBron AD in Westbrook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it exists. It's been bad. Oh, man. Oh, no. Do you guys see the Lakers have a new most played lineup? They finally Ooh, crossed yep. the 53-minute threshold with a lineup. Nice.
2: Is
1: it LeBron and center?
0: It is. Do you, do you want to try to guess the other players
1: in this lineup? Is, is Stanley Johnson in there?
0: Stanley Johnson is in the hole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice.
2: Um Avery Bradley and Malik Monk
0: at the oh. two and the three. Yep. Oh that can't be it. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> and Westbrook. Um, and and Westbrook. Westbrook, yeah, sure. Oh, it's wait, the new bro. most played lineup in Lakers uh for the Lakers this season. Um, let me I, now I now I understand why LeBron was out on
1: Twitter apologizing for a <laughs> yeah, <and> like apologizing <laughs> to the Liga Nation for being so oh. fucking terrible <laughs> like Let even me... Magic
0: Johnson is, is
1: is criticizing the team
0: <laughs> yeah the Lakers still have not signed Stanley to a, the rest of the year deal they keep putting him on 10 days yeah
2: yeah well they've, they've got to find someone to, to take DeAndre Jordan or what's the what's the dude's name Um, uh, Kent Bazemore they've got to find someone to to get rid of those guys
0: got him just caught him.
2: Yeah. FYI, um, that, that five-man lineup of LeBron, Monk, Avery Bradley, Stanley Johnson, and LeBron James is plus 10. Um, really bad on, on defense and really good on offense. I'll take it. It's, it's
0: a positive result.
2: They're, their second most played lineup is plus 12, which is the terrific squad of Russ, Avery Bradley, THT, Carmelo, and Anthony Davis. I bet you never would have guessed that as their second most played lineup. Um, plus twelve, mediocre on offense and incredible on defense.
0: That's that fifty-three minute lineup that uh, has not gained any more traction since AD's been out, but he's uh, he's looking to start returning here. This could be a wild next couple of months because we got AD coming back, yeah. potentially Kawhi and Paul George. Although neither's for fingers, sure. Fingers crossed on that. Dejounte Murray. Um, you know we we just got back Kyrie. We just got back Clay. This, this could be a, a wild next two months as guys start to return. Is there any return that you're particularly looking forward to? You said Deshante Murray, but you mean Jamal Murray, right? I do mean Jamal.
1: Yeah. Yes. Because th- that's that's like one of the the guys I'm looking most forward to. Because I really think this Denver team is is better than people give giving them credit for. Um, they they really need Jamal back, and. and Dylan, you just took uh, took a Clippers head and put it on. Like, you're looking forward to seeing Kawhi again. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there might be a um,
2: a player that I'm looking forward to seeing? Maybe. Is it the turn <laughs> of BJ Boston? <laughs> <laughs> that that would also be good.
0: Matt, uh, man, I was like, I was look- looking at the Clippers numbers, and like they are so forward heavy in how they run their offense that like yeah. Marcus Morris has been just, just balling out for them without yeah. ball. And
2: he's the only guy that can create a shot at the moment.
0: And he's, he's filling in for the guy that like their entire offense is built for. It's like when uh, Jeremy Lin blew up on the Knicks, like D'Antoni's system favors a point guard so much that you just knew that was going to happen. Uh, it, it actually already happened earlier that season with a different Knicks point guard. You know, just just something about the systems that, that you have to expect it,
2: and and like Lu has always been, you know, the the coach that that builds their offense around a scoring forward or multiple scoring forwards, and Marcus Morris loves to get in the get in the mid range and shoot contested shots, um, which Kawhi and PG are really good at, and which he's been making recently.
0: So aside from from the potential of having Kawhi back, what other star are you most looking forward to seeing return? Do we think Zion's ever going to play? Oh shoot! I hadn't even thought about him,
2: or Jonathan, for that matter. Yeah, well, Jonathan Isaac's um, got a lot of other obligations in promoting his his new book.
0: Hey, if I can stand behind Ron Artest skipping games to promote his rap career, I, I, I guess I can stand behind Jonathan Isaac <sighs> skipping games to promote a book, even if it's with my least favorite human in the world <laughs> as his editor. Joe Harris is coming back soon? Yep,
2: superstar Joe Harris. Now, that that could really help the Nets as well with um Durant being out, just giving them... Because, you know, like like we've talked about before, they've got all these guys that are either can only play defense and can't score at all, or they've got offensive players that can't really defend. Um, Joe Harris is, like, sort of a two-way guy and, like, a pretty good offensive player. Like, he's a guy that can give you 20 points um, if you need him to, and, like, You know, you see, you know, this big white guy, you think he's a terrible defender. He's he's, he's not that bad.
0: Really, he just gives them some spacing, which the Nets desperately need. Like, I mean, kicking to Blake Griffin, kicking to LaMarcus Aldridge for threes or deep twos just does Mm -hmm. not provide much spacing to attack the floor. And then, you know, Claxton, he's a rim runner marcus aldridge does a fair amount of post touches they don't act like what kessler edwards D- uh, dj duke edward's been pretty
1: good but, but yeah he's gonna he's gonna bring a, another dimension to this offense uh, who else do we have uh, There's james Wiseman, possibly coming back back at the end of february really a, a guy that could be needed uh, when when draymond green might actually miss more time than expected yeah i think you know if you were to to plug him
2: into the warriors you know his his length his athleticism his his defensive potential you know he can really be a go-to scorer a guy that can average you know over 20 points and in 10 rebounds um and so you know when he's able to rejoin santa cruz i think that could really elevate them to the next level Yeah.
0: I man, I thought you were going for him coming back to the Warriors. And I was like, I can average twenty points? That's that's bold. Uh, and then then the Santa the Santa Cruz like little little quick pivot, <laughs> nicely done. Yeah. But I mean, their rookie uh, Kaminga has been playing really well. well his he's his last three, games, up. like small sample size, three games, but you know, nineteen point seven points over the last three, decently efficient shooting. He's getting to the line a lot, which like. I I saw a play from him last night against the Timberwolves, and I thought it was uh, I thought it was Wiggins, just the way he drove and attacked hard uh, and finished with the dunk and got fouled. Um, Just, you know, quick, quick motion. I thought it was Wiggins was attacking It looked like a very veteran move. And if you can get that, maybe you can offload Wiggins. I don't know. I mean, I don't think they can do that quite yet.
1: (laughs) His plus minus was minus 30 last night against the Timberwolves yeah
2: and he, he just like he, he just like shoots every time he gets the ball too which yeah. maybe is, is what he's been asked to do and a lot of a lot of the time he's playing it's garbage time in which you know oh, it doesn't
0: it doesn't really matter what do you expect they sent him down to the g league and he got to train with clay thompson What do you know, words of advice you think clay <laughs> is telling this guy hey man <laughs> yeah Shoot yeah it.
2: now you want to be really judicious with your shot selection Look around, make sure that none of your other teammates have a good shot. Then factor in your percentage from each position, um, and then determine who you Who's defending you? Factor in the shot clock, and then determine whether you should shoot.
0: That's mad. Statistically like, speaking, if you like, pass that's the that's ball not ball.
2: what he's doing. All these gimmers. <laughs> have you got the ball? Yep. Can you see the room? Yep. All right. Shoot.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. We also yeah. kind of uh, forgot. We, we kind of forgot to mention. Uh, Bam in a bio, like oh, he, yeah. he's, he's supposed to come back uh, today. I think is he? That'd be huge. Is there a heat game tonight? Um, I, don't I don't know, know but Miami knows,
0: huh? Miami ended uh, yeah. ended December on a nice little run. They're playing uh, Toronto tonight,
1: and he's supposed to be back, which is pretty damn terrible for my. Uh, I, Omar Yardzimen has been amazing on my fantasy team. Yeah. And now, now he's like one, one of the best rebounds well in him. the game.
0: Yeah, truly, really, Hassan Whiteside 2.0. Yeah,
2: <laughs> basically.
0: All right. Well, any uh any kind of final takes? Anything you guys have been seeing or observing that you want to get off your chest on this podcast? You
2: don't have any um, Russell Westbrook trade
0: ideas. Really hard to make salaries match with the Shanghai Sharks. I mean, just the conversion rate <laughs> between. Yeah. <laughs> I guess my final shout out is: Hey, defensive guys that are, are busting your butt, Grant Williams, Jared Vanderbilt. We see you. Keep keep doing it, Grant. You've had a number of nice games from games lately where you've d'd up some guys. So keep it
2: up. Yeah, I'm like normally those sort of players get overrated by. Their fans, like Celtics fans, you would think would over at those sort of guys, but they really don't like Grant Williams, and I've always liked Grant Williams. You can't have
0: two Williams on the same team. It's just mm.
2: yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe he should he should just um go in a and he's just Grant from now on. That'd
0: work. Are there any yeah, other notable Grants in the league? Any what? Any other notable Grants?
1: Uh, like a player's named Grant?
0: Yeah, uh, Grant Hill. Think, uh, there's Grant Riller. Yeah, but Grant Hill's out of the league. Just, I'm just oh, wondering, if, so if get like away current? with Grant? Yeah. Um, I, I
2: mean, like, go all the way. Like, don't even have a last name. Like, Nene, just put Grant on the back of his jersey as well, and then that um, you, you don't have to worry about you know clashing with the Time Lord.
0: I, I think we'd do wonders. That's that's great PR branding. Yeah,
2: you you guys can have that one for free.
0: Next one will cost you though.
1: Nico, any final takes? I uh, I was considering mentioning Luca Doncic, but like whatever. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's, that's it any, any takes it's just good <laughs> no I just want to shout out to Luca for, for being a plus defender um, and also shout out to the um, amazing Dallas coach um, Jason Kidd for playing Josh Green that's great what um, have we renamed really- Kidd so- <sighs> I really don't want to talk about the Dallas Mavericks <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> Nate so if if, um, if someone was to message us if they wanna where would they uh, need to go or who would they or where would they write
0: for, for catching us yeah you can find us on twitter at hoops pod you can email us at hoopstemple at gmail.com find us on tiktok or facebook at Hoopstemple. love to hear from you thanks